you all for tuning in to this very special episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. What we have here is an amazing specimen from the wilds of Canada, known for its fearsome eyebrow waggle. It is a Jeb Wrench. Uh, this piece originates from 1744 and was created in a small factory downtown. These three symbiotic entities moving around one another, clambering atop one another, and occasionally kicking one another in the face with stumps, is what we regard in the biology sciences as a fox lee. This is a small creature of a solid build, uh, can usually be observed towards the evening, scurrying towards leftovers. <laughs> and of course... This potato with a ponytail would be a Talon Lee. That's not accurate field notes. <laughs> no, it's something someone said about me a while ago. <laughs> oh right, I was going to say you're not you're not two feet tall in, in Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. You're muscling in on my territory. <laughs> Hello! So we promised we'd give you a podcast last week, and we didn't. Yeah, there were circumstances. Yeah, stuff happened. Uh, I, 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 I would like to point out that I said we were not going to promise it. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Jeb Sandra strikes again. <laughs> I, I was seriously considering just putting up a podcast that was just me talking about, hey, this is how we edit the podcast and put it together now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry we didn't get you a full episode, but, you know, it's more than, it's something. <laughs> but then you realize it would have just been half an hour of you crying into a microphone? <laughs> Oh, it's been a full week for video games. Hey, Jeff. We'll save, we'll save that for my birthday episode. Just me getting drunk and drunk, drunker and drunker and crying. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Uh, so, Jeff, you've been playing any video games lately? He says, leading, knowing full well the answer is going to be a vibrating explosion. Oh, you want me to talk about Virginia, don't you? I would love to give you the chance to talk about Virginia. Virginia is a... All right, there there is definitely at this point a new genre of media, especially in games, and that's the uh, the Twin Peaks like. <laughs> Virginia fucking nails it. Ooh, like if you told me that David Lynch himself wrote this, I would believe you. I, um, yeah. Virginia is a a it, it's a we don't really have a good word for this, but it's a walking simulator. Yep, and uh, it's. Obviously, it's set in Virginia. You're playing as a you're playing as a a lady who works for the FBI and is investig- and you and your partner are investigating the, uh, the a missing child in this small Virginia town. All right. And as you go through the week, you gather up evidence. You you look at various locations around the town. You um you encounter people. I'd say talk to people, but there is no dialogue in this game at all. Huh. It's only music. Okay, that's really cool. So when you, when you interact with people, uh, the music changes based on the, the stimuli or, or the interaction you uh, have? Or? Think of it kind of like, like uh, thematically kind of, or not thematically, but like, I almost want to say like a vaudeville show. So like really, really good silent film. Not not the... Yes. That sounds incredibly hard to do and really cool. I can't even imagine this. Well, it's done with gestures. It's done with uh, body motion, lighting tricks, uh, sound cues, the whole thing. And uh, mobile camera and the like? Like actual camera? There is a... Lo- oh, I haven't even gotten the camera work yet because this <laughs> game presents itself better than any video game I have ever played. Now, for background, you have, in fact, studied film to some extent, yes? I have studied some film, yes. yes. Right. And again, this game presents itself better than any game I have ever played. That's, well... Uh, there are no, there are no, there's no walk and talk sections. There's no, there's no likely drawn out getting from point A to point B. In fact, this is incorporated into the, uh, the, the, the unsettling feeling of the game because as you're walking, like if you're going over a long distance, there will be rapid cuts along your journey as you're walking. Oh, that's cool. Or as you're driving from point to point, um, transitions between scenes happen at a disturbingly rapid pace. So, uh, I like people. People invoke Lynch for this kind of for for a kind of ethereal, almost almost horrific, disquieting sense of the unreal. Mm-hmm. But the 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 style of cinematography you're describing, with like absolutely no wasted material, that almost sounds like um, 
uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, where you'll sometimes have whole exchanges just be like four or five cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it does. I can't remember the name of the director there. Uh, I don't remember either. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, you you're you're right in that regard, especially like Snatch and um, the the plot gets a lot more interesting as the, the the week progresses. And of course, you never really completely know what's going on, but you can piece it together pretty well. And I really like what they do with these characters. Huh. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but like they <laughs> even go so far as to kind of mess with your perception of what's going on with the achievements. Ooh, ooh, I like this. <laughs> the very first achievement I got, I still don't quite know what it means. <laughs> But, uh, like, I played on the Xbox One, and the Xbox One achievements include, when you get them, it pops up the achievement, and it includes a description of what it was. And the description popped, like, the name of it, I don't remember what it was, but the description pop, popped up and said, get your foot off my neck. Gah! <laughs> okay, that's weird. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's not like I was stepping my stepping on anyone's throat at the time, but, um, yeah, it was, it's $10 on consoles. I don't know how much it is on Steam, but if, if you're not put off by walking simulators and if you want an absolutely brilliant, suspenseful thriller sort of, well, a, a Twin Peaks like, you absolutely need to play Virginia. It's also recommended very highly, um, by Olivia White of Owl Cave Games. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows um, horror and suspense and thriller media, it's her. I, I, I think if you like any sort of Lynchian media, you want to play Virginia. It'll be three of the best hours of your life. Oh, fantastic. And and uh, as someone who has stuff to do, a game that promises to stick around for maybe three hours, that's actually really desirable, because the alternative is I fall into the swindle again. <laughs> Also, uh, it lets you it lets you choose any chapter you want at any time. Oh, that's really nice, and also very Lynchian. Who's like, yeah, you can read the end if you want. It won't make a damn bit of sense. That's really impressive. I have a story related to David Lynch, where a friend of mine who was a very high tech develop, a very high tech adapter in our uh, uh, earlier environment. Um, bought a laser disc player when they were brand new. And one of the first things that they ordered or on it was the complete collection of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had to be imported. And what we didn't realize at the time was the importer was actually quite dodgy. Uh, <laughs> and they got no cases. You just had a disc, an episode, and they weren't ordered and they weren't labeled. Oh. And, and he got that and he was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> so, hey Fox, have you been playing any games lately? Uh, m- uh, sorry. Let me start with if anyone's hearing that puppy whining in the background, <laughs> he's okay. Don't worry. I, it's probably kind of stressful for some of you, but he's all right. Yeah, it's it's a warm day, and he appears to be very annoyed that winter went away. <laughs> he has a narrow temperature band this time. He really does. Uh, yeah. I haven't been playing anything new, unfortunately. It it has been a budget kind of week. <laughs> so, uh, but that's okay because Xenoblade Chronicles X has roughly a million hours of gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> um, though we do finally have internet back, which is nice. I yes. mean, obviously, since we're recording this podcast. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, so pull me up if I have, but uh, pet rescue missions? You mentioned them. They're still the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did mention, did you say? Yeah. You did. Okay. Damn. Because that's like the only remarkable new thing, frankly. <laughs> Aside from that, it's pretty much just more of the same game. Did you did, did you did you discover the thing that I accidentally spoiled for you last time? <laughs> yeah, actually, that was the next immediate thing that happened in the game, okay. and it was the other arm. <laughs> oh, sorry. Which no, I it's which cool. arm it was. I liked it even better that way because then it was, it was like I've got this character walking around going, "Yeah, I look cool. I look like I've got a robot arm," <laughs> and then the real one gets ripped off. <laughs> We all have robot arms. <laughs> da! Really? Oh, hang on, wait a minute. Really? Oh, this is ironic. Ah! Aren't all arms in some way robot arms? Especially the robot ones. <laughs> <laughs> that are parts of robots. <laughs> yeah, that that's a really cool twist, and I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. <laughs> no, that's okay. It, it was definitely unexpected. I'll give it that. Um, uh, oh, I also met uh, Murderous, who you name-dropped in the last episode. <laughs> it was just awful, and go away. I, oh. 
<laughs> I was. She's I was, uh, she's uh, Irene's ex, I think. <laughs> I well, exo sister, I assumed, but uh, well, I don't know which one or the other. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know which. I just assumed. In any case, I was totally with Irina about this, right up to the well. Let's just go fucking report her then, and then the the plot finished, and we didn't. And I'm like, wait, what? Why didn't we do this? We talked about this. <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting game in terms of uh, trying to make consequences seem very real, but not for this stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> this this one thing here that looks like everything else that's really important. The other things where you do stupid, irresponsible things. They're fine. There will be no material consequences for that. Just be an idiot. Have you gotten the best named side mission yet? <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. How because will I know it when I see it? Because it's about a lobster. Oh, yeah, fuck that mission. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you've gotten the curse of the blood lobster. <laughs> I have, oh, fucking, no, for real, Talon, I've been running around this stupid city finding stuffed lobsters. There are a hundred stuffed lobsters around the city. They are rigged with explosives, blood lobster. And you can't particularly see them. I mean, you sort of can, but most of them you pick up by accident because you're in a robot and you just clip them. Uh, it's, okay, I would think it was really fun if it didn't have a sense of urgency attached to it. But at the moment, it's like they gave me the feathers quest from Assassin's Creed 2 and went, and the story says that if you don't find them all, they'll kill everyone in half an hour. <laughs> and you actually can't finish it until you do like four more chapters of the main yep. plot. By oh. the so it. Why would you do that? <laughs> mm. Oh my God. To be fair, I don't think that the terrorist who was using stuffed lobsters is terribly efficient enough to kill everyone in 30 seconds, 30 minutes. <laughs> no, but they, they want to imbue the quest with the sense of, well, the, the terrorist certainly wants to imbue the Blood quest lobster. with a sense of urgency. <laughs> I did like that they gave you the option to, when they first give you the, whoa, look what I've done, phone call, you just go, I'm hanging up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see the characters take it seriously. I love, the, I love conceptually the, the the curse of the blood lobster. <laughs> it, it yeah, it it was an unexpected thing, I must say. Whew. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're obviously fine. <laughs> this is another one of those cases of, of we start talking about a JRPG and Talon can't tell if we're being serious or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, there's a certain element of like, I keep my mouth shut. I try to when Fox is talking to make sure the edit is crisp and clean. Like if I have to cut something out or we get in a tangent, like it's a nice clean break. But <laughs> oh. I'm just snickering through the whole thing like That's a That's why you never ask me any damn questions. <laughs> Prompt, Talon. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. I need anyway. the help. <laughs> I can't do this on my own. I'm I, not good at this. I don't know. It is occasionally fun to let someone just have the mic for like three <laughs> uninterrupted Ooh. minutes and watch them slowly lose all grip of the reality. He keeps walking in because the, uh, the, the room with the video game consoles is the den because the main room of our house is the office with the computer desks and whatnot. And he keeps walking in on this at just the best moments. Like when I first got a robot and I'm like, eh, it's cool. I'm not really that into mecha. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. And then I hit the run button. I'm like, oh, it's also a motorbike. And then you turned into a car. <laughs> it's not a car. It's only got two wheels. It is way cooler oh, right. than a car. Oh, that's right. You have one of the light, because you see, there there are three different kinds. <laughs> they have different vehicles as well? Yes, they do. Super. There's the, there's the bike. There's the car. I did wonder why I'd been saving so and much fucking tank. money so far. <laughs> the Back large ones are tanks. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, pod, pod, <laughs> headphone drop. Fox, Fox is gonna go grab him. Gonna go do some grinding to get her tank. <laughs> I can probably afford one. You don't spend money on anything else, basically. Oh, famous last words for a JRPG, though. No, no, no. It's all about uh, seriously. Like, I can probably oh, afford it. I've got like oh, multiple well, uh, millions of uh, monies. Right? I don't even know what the the money system is called in this fucking game. Dollars, it's it's, it is America. Probably America bucks. America. It's very much America. Um. Remember, you do have to pay for insurance oh. as well. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's, I like, I looked at this and I was like, what am I ever going to spend this on? And then I read a forum thread where someone was like, yeah, it cost me a million just to recover the fucking thing. <laughs> yep. 
And that's the if shitty start of one. If your giant robot, if you wreck your giant robot, you have a chance to, you get a quick time event to, uh, to prevent, um, to either Total reduce the, 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 yeah, <laughs> to reduce the cost of salvage. And, um, depending on how you do in the quick time event, you either have to pay a ton of money, <laughs> lose a, a, a charge of your insurance, uh-huh. which you can buy it. You buy insurance for it because it's a big fucking robot. You don't want anything uh, that big. gonna say, cause it's America. Well, because it's America. <laughs> Oh, or I the- think if you I think if you get it perfect, nothing happens to your robot. Oh, that's nice. I, I've not done this yet, as you can probably tell. But the first thing I did was save my game and go find out if it could jump that canyon in oblivion. <laughs> Turns out no. No. <laughs> <laughs> did you meet the friend there then? Did you meet the friend there? Friend bear? The friend there in the canyon in Oblivia. Uh, don't think so. <laughs> There's a large animal friend in there. Oh, oh, I think I've seen it, uh, like peek up occasionally. Yeah. It's, I've it's, never seen it clearly. I, I've only fallen to my doom several times. <laughs> It's a friend. And by friend, I mean it will murder you. <laughs> by the way, if you jump in there, you literally fall for long enough that you can just quick travel to somewhere else to stop yourself from dying. What? <laughs> you, you just fall for that long. You got plenty of time. <laughs> Look, when falling takes enough time that you have time to do other things, yeah. you've fallen too far. Yeah, just you pop die. open your heart well, and go, yeah, like okay. It's not like there's fall damage in this game. There oh, isn't, okay. yeah. And at oh. first you're like, I'm Which just, is the best thing. fucking super people. And then you find out, well, actually, it's probably because you're robots, but setting that aside. <laughs> your insides are not made of meat. <laughs> They are. Oh, oof. PTSD. <laughs> There's, uh, speaking of aggressively American, you, by the way, I found out the names of all the fucking fast food places. <laughs> they, they are full on shit like Missile Burger and Army Pizza. Army Pizza yep. is everyone's favorite name. Army. Yep. <laughs> this is very silly. Um, we're going to move on. The, the America has been refined to dangerous levels at this point. <laughs> oh, uh, fuck. Uh, you know, in I think it's Primordia, the the, the second place you go to. That's the Primordia is the first one. Did you ever happen to find yourself in that like lake that's surrounded by steep cliffs? Oh, I have seen the Guardian deity. Yes. Yeah, with with, with what looks with with the thing that I thought was a statue in the middle of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> did I think it was loop? a wreckage that I should go and check out. Yes, I did. It was surrounded did by I wake it up it? and almost get killed? Yes. Did yes. I run away in time to save myself? Yes. Did I go back Damn. to get the rest of the loot? Hell yes! Because <laughs> that's what you do! Oh dear. <laughs> hey, we're, we're salvaging for the future of humanity here. Also, I really wanted it. For the future of America! <laughs> humanity is very American, yes. Wow. Right. Well, interestingly, the names are in that weird English namespace you get a lot when Japanese companies make games with English characters. So they don't really map to American, most of them. Oh. They have sort of a weird, old-fashioned Anglo-Celtic bent. Jacuzzi splot. That, well, no. <laughs> not no, like that. no, Irene. <laughs> there, there's an Irina and an Elma. There, oh, Lynn's got yeah, a Korean Elma. name, just like a straight-up Elma. Korean name. Elma, like Elma well, Fudd. Lynn. No, Elma, Elma with an A. Elma Fudd? Hmm. <laughs> No, uh, well, Elma Lynn, like grandma Lynn forever. Is, Lynn is Korean, so yeah, like she's a Korean American. She and Lau have basically the the only remarkably non-white names, but all the other ones are still just oddly out of time. It's kind of neat, like murderous. Well, she yeah, she's even the fucking like, well, the fucking word murderous. murderous. <laughs> yeah, I'd uh, <laughs> if I look if I had any respect for someone who would just go ahead and make their call sign murderer, it would have evaporated when they felt the need to dress that up with a girly tie. All right, look at you two. You've got Xenosaga all (laughs) over yourselves. All right, we're driving away now. Fucking Doug. One of the other guys is just Doug. (laughs) Doug. Doug. Moving on. (laughs) Fucking Doug. Um, Nobody likes Doug. (laughs) No, it's really true. Like, I... The affinity tree is really fucking oh God, hard to There's the, just too many damn the, characters. Uh, Attempt number okay, there's, three. There's, 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 there's Doug. Oh, fog, there's Doug fog with then, a PH. Fo- yeah, fog. Well, get it. Uh, no, don't, that's not an uh, fog. That's a reference fog. to Phineas Fogg. I'm sure I, it is. I don't care. It's still a ridiculous him. first name. It's a pretty fuck shit him. name, yeah. He's, <laughs> also, he's, also, he's also kind he's also, of... <laughs> 
He is kind, kind of, of damp and soggy. <laughs> yeah, he's very, very, very soggy. He's a soggy boy. I mean, Ugh. I like him though. He's he's a weirdo with anxiety issues who can't possibly be decisive, and I find that kind of endearing. And the fact that the <laughs> That's game likes why he's you. In the military. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I mean, well, I mean, it sort of is. <laughs> but no, I actually, you reminded me that I wanted to, Talon is making it, you're getting off track trying to steer this car gesture. But I still have something relevant to say, Dad. Um, which is just, I, I thank you for reminding me about him because I wanted to bring him up because I really like that the game gives you the opportunity to just like wait for him to sort his thoughts out. Like you have the option of interrupting him, but you can just, you know, let mm-hmm. him work things through. And that's really refreshing and kind of neat. Yeah, that is nice. You can be respectful to someone whose thoughts work differently. It's cool. cool. That is absolutely wonderful. And now attempt number four. Talon, what have you been playing? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> and now Retro Gaming News. Oh, I think we're going to talk so we could interrupt you for the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, I just finished a major presentation for my honors thesis, so my video game time has been spent um, <laughs> on Techno Babylon, Dropsy, and uh, Hotline Miami, and The Swindle. And you can guess what priority they all took. Dropsy. <laughs> you just played mostly the swindle. I yeah. I, but you were playing Techno Babylon last time we spoke, so yeah. that's a bit in the past. I went already. I went back and redid some stuff in Techno Babylon to ah. see if they work differently, and they do. Techno Babylon's a really smart game. But um the the main thing for me was that I played Techno Babylon and then I tried to play Dropsy. And like Dropsy Dropsy is a beautifully animated game. It like pixel design who Everything about that game looks really good at what it's trying to do, but you're still playing sure. a melty, PTSD-ridden, chubby clown, and that's just too close to my real life for me the to be clowns enjoying. Clowns are always terrifying. Well, that, he's that not is, terrifying clown. That's the part of the problem. It, the, like, unironically, completely unironically, this game is about a guy who, well, a clown named Dropsy, who is who just genuinely wants to be nice and give people hugs, and the puzzle system of the whole game is. How do I wordlessly communicate um, comfort to people and give them hugs? And how do they? How do I extrapolate wordlessly information from the world around me? It is design-wise, it is very, very impressive. And uh, if you like Dropsy's and if you like Dropsy's visual style, and you can handle the clown part. Go play Dropsy. It's really quite excellent, but I sure. just couldn't. I see. You could do all that with the dog. If I don't. You can you do? And it, it yeah, would well, be Dropsy has a dog. A very different. Yeah. Uh, mood, but yeah, I like. I I cut also, clowns, man. The clowns. dog would. That's, well, that's, 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 that's part that's of the, the point. point. Dropsy is that's... overcoming the fact that he looks like a horror show, and of course, because Dropsy also has rather severe PTSD. Dropsy. <laughs> Dropsy has that same internal experience as well. Like Dropsy feels unaccepted and un- unpleasant. And that's yeah, like, I, it's really impressive. I understand it's part of the point, but that makes it really hard to play. Yeah, for me, it, it just doesn't work. Um, but also, as a point-and-click adventure game, Techno Babylon is really close to perfect at what it's trying to do. And then that makes all the awkwardness and the clunkiness in Dropsy feel... <laughs> so it's more of an emotional exercise. Yeah. You don't want to play it in close proximity to a clever puzzle game kind of thing. Yeah. Also, we had uh, Hotline Miami and The Swindle, which apparently is what I do when I want to when I want to calm down. <laughs> we just need a score now for uh, you know weeks where ta- like the background noise at this point <laughs> they're a permanent fixture in your game scenery. In the same way that I have been playing more Pokemon free to play games, but they're not worth mentioning because that's just what. Oh, hey, speaking of which, walk with a buddy. Um, Pokemon Go got better because now you can actually have them walk with you. And this is mostly important because the EV sits on your shoulder. It's hella cute as all. <laughs> and now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of September 2008. Brought to you by the Blood Lobster. I'm hanging up. 2008 was the last time the world decided to completely lose its collective marbles on all sorts of issues. So let's look at what games came out in that period. What happened in 2008? A presidential election. Oh, right, that. Cool. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we, we end, as it turns out, in 2008, enough games came out that normally I normally when I do these lists, I cull like one or two games because there's just enough stuff. In this case, I had to cull about... Oh, shit, sorry. Yeah, I had to cull about two-thirds of it. What's he doing? It, it, look, it's okay. Uh, our, the listener is not unaware of the fact that we have a dog. Sorry. 
You'll get occasional bonus content for this uh, episode. You're going to hear occasional dog sounds. Now featuring dog. Yes. We upgraded the podcast and added features include dog. But dog sounds are Your Patreon mind, dollars at work. Yep. Fox fretting over dog probably is less fun. All right. We have first up the Xbox 360 release in North America of an arcade game from Japan by Arcworks. It's a fighting video game. Now, I bring this game up not because I think any of you are going to know it. No, not a King of Fighters game. Um, But because it's really, really pretty. It was headed by... The the game's developer was headed by Imiko Iwasaki, who had previously served as Illustrator. No, it's not. Uh, Served as Illustrator for Guilty Gear... It used three-dimensional... It's not BlazBlue? It's not BlazBlue. Used three-dimensional... Okay, it's obviously not Guilty Gear. Yeah, restricted to two-dimensional battlefields. It retains a f- number of features of predecessor, including fast-paced gameplay, colourful anime style graphics, over-the-top effects, and it was designed to be a basic representation of the fighting game genre. Hmm. Um, the the uh, the characters it's in this 2D. game... 2D. 2D. Made. 2D with 3D models, though. Yeah. Like the new Street but, Fighters. But it, but it, uh, it looks much more like a... a uh, Blast Blue. Um, and the character cast, this is this is just amazing. Uh, Urs Vanderland, Marco <laughs> Vanderland, Olivia von Rosilia, Ashley Loveless, Cedric Ward, Watson Livingston, Koyori, Freed Velez, Face, Don Valve Dudon, Odile and Dokurod, and Deathbringer. <laughs> I should know this. Uh, it was originally a arcade version in development since 2006. It got released in uh, Japan in 2007, and it lived there on the console. It lived there on the arcade scene for over a year before it was ever ported to the uh, Xbox 360. I don't have the faintest idea what this is. Okay, it's a game called Battle Fantasia, and if you saw the cover of it, you would be genuinely surprised. Like it's, it's got. It's almost a, a watercolory, sketchy kind of visual thing going on. Honest to God, don't know a thing about this game. Didn't know about it, but I looked at the pedigree and was like, what the hell? Hmm. All right. Next up, we have a game which... Hmm. All right, let's not try and give this one away fast. It's a action-adventure video game. It was developed for the PlayStation 2, 3, Wii, and Xbox 360 consoles, and the iOS second-generation N-Gage, Nintendo DS, PlayStation Portable, and Java-equipped mobile phone handhelds. So we're talking about... At the same time? Yes. Different versions of the game, though. Um, So we are talking about a game that did, like, try to get market penetration Are they different versions, or they're completely different games with the same fucking name? Mm, They all have the same name, and you could make the case that the difference between the PlayStation and the Wii version is a different game, and the the N-Gage, iOS, DS, and and Java equipped mobile phone handhelds they're also very different um okay you are playing in an established well-known franchise as you can probably guess by the fact that they wanted to put this on fucking everything um the ps2 is the standout there yeah yeah um i don't know java equipped mobile phone handhelds is kind of like really yeah <laughs> that's what the zune <laughs> No, uh, just shitty phones. Yeah. Uh, it was, it had a fairly positive response praising it for a compelling story, robust physics, impressive art, and soundtrack, while the negative reviews cited the frustrating gameplay. It was a bestseller in the United States and Australia, with over a million copies sold in its debut month. It has a sequel. You are playing a character retconned into the main continuity of the original story. You are the apprentice of of the villain of the first three movies in this franchise. Oh, this, uh, hang on, this is Skykiller. This is Starkiller, yes. Oh, Starkiller, not Skykiller? It's The Force Unleashed, yeah. They made that for PS2? They made a PS2 version of The Force Unleashed. Wow. And and Java equipped mobile phone handhelds. They wanted this thing everywhere. <laughs> they may have spread themselves just a little thin. A little thin. So the listener, in case you're unaware, well it was pretty well received. Yeah. Really? Wow, I never yeah. had anything from people making fun of it. Two was garbage. Two two was basically a mission pack for the first one that ran worse. Oh great. But my favorite piece of information about The Force Unleashed is that as part of the development, they were told, the, the software developers were told they were going to be able to work very closely with LucasArts. They were going to get direct feedback from LucasArts about <laughs> what they were doing with Star Wars. And this included that they were going to have explicit naming rights from George Lucas himself in that he was going to come in and name some of their characters. And the protagonist character, Starkiller, was going to get an ordained from on high real Darth name. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas came in at a big meeting. Everyone turned and was like, oh my God, it's George Lucas. Oh my God. 
And George Lucas sat there and declared that he had gotten two names for them and they could choose which one they liked best. Steve and Martin. It's Guys, I'd hope the next words out of your name were going to be or Darth Steve. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the options were Darth Insanius and Darth Icky. That's actually what he said. And the entire development crew went, oh, no, yeah, well, well, I'm sorry, Starkill has already been in production long enough. I guess we have to keep using that. Whoops. <laughs> Darth Insanius! Has that changed since last time you told this story, actually? I can't remember what the other one you said was. I've looked it up. It's Darth Insanius and Darth Icky. So it's in fact worse than the first time you told me. It's worse. (laughs) Yeah, well... Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, I, and I just, I just love the the idea that yes, um, yeah, insanious. That's totally, yeah, that's a villainous quality, you dick. Anyway, <laughs> it's also like if that's what you were going for, you could be a little bit subtle about yeah. it, like you know, some some cool word related to. No, you're just gonna you're just gonna put us on the end. Okay, what what a wanker. Anyway, uh, we have. Hey, you know what? I'm going to do these as a pair because they are related. They share an artist, and that artist is Akira Toriyama. Oh, okay. So yeah. one's a dragon. One's one's a dragon quest. One, no, actually, neither is a dragon quest. <laughs> is one of them a dragon ball? One of them is Dragon Ball Origins. So the other one also has a dragon in the name because Akira Toriyama fucking it's loves dragons. Dragon. But it's not Dragon Quest. No, it's not Dragon Quest, and it's not Dragon Ball. Is there a Dragon Quest spinoff of Dragon, Dragon something else? It's Blue Dragon Plus. Oh, Blue Dragon. Well done, Jam. I just said it I was missed, Blue Dragon. I missed it. It happens. Crossed off. I thought that was a Dragon Quest, just remade. No, Blue no, Dragon. It's, it's, okay. It's, uh, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's about all I can say about Blue Dragon. <laughs> Ouch. All right. It It sucks. Okay, we have... one of the worst JRPGs on the Xbox 360. That's saying a fucking lot. Speaking of a... was it on the 360? Because you had the DS version. Yeah, I did. And I played half an hour of it. Anyway. (laughs) And I got so... It sucked. It sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it sucks a little. Um, it, it, sucks. Most, it mostly sucked in that I'm like, this is ugly and I don't care about anything and everyone's talking like I've come in midway through the story. <coughs> I'm, I'm just not interested in catching up. Nah. All right, next up, we have from a bad JRPG on the 360, a relatively interesting and well-regarded JRPG on the 360. This game's Resident framing State? device. Nope. This game's framing device is so specific and so odd. Eternal Sonata. Yeah. <laughs> it's Eternal Sonata. I'm sure we haven't done this year because I think I remember Eternal Sonata coming up. Eternal before. Sonata has come out in three different years. Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. It got uh, released is, on different platforms. This is the Japanese PlayStation release. Oh, it's in Japanese. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was only ever on the 360. There you go. Hey, Jeb, do you want to give the listener a real quick rundown on why Eternal Sonata stands out as being quite odd? Uh, the presentation, the framing device of Eternal Sonata is that it is Chopin's dying fever dreams. <laughs> yep. Dude had very mathy dreams, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> With really also, like also, has combat also has a neat combat system mm-hmm. because uh, characters' abilities change whether they are in darkness or in light, and there are shadows. Mm-hmm. It was that one, I thought so. Also, unsurprisingly, the soundtrack is really lovely. I mean, and it's kind of beautiful, pseudo it, oil painting kind of like it's got really distinctive mm-hmm. yeah. graphics as well. And I mean, looks, if you if, if you like uh, Chopin's piano concertos, that's basically the soundtrack. <laughs> you're gonna get all of you know, all of Chopin's uh, concertos. <laughs> what exactly can we uh, do with public domain? Chopin is a character, is a party member. Uh, he fights with a conducting baton <laughs> because, of course, he does. Nice. Next up, we have an X MMO. X. An X MMO. Star Online. Uh, no, this was an MMO based out of a British uh, franchise. So it's just closed down. It was closed down. Okay. Yes. So it's Warhammer: Age of Reckoning. It is Warhammer: Age of Reckoning. Wow, that's. Yeah, I was I was thinking that this time I was thinking that I was going to lead you astray, but no, yeah, you, it's if you consider the previous content of this, there's only been one title so far that I haven't sold on eBay for someone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the right frame of mind for this era, <laughs> as it turns out. And in fact, I still have two sealed collector's editions of Age of Reckoning in my garage. 
Warhammer Age of Reckoning was one of those... Like, every MMO uh, over-promises at launch. What's, uh, what's in the collector's edition? Oh, yeah, Fox, what's in the collector's edition? Um, game, mostly art book, and a miniature for Warhammer Fantasy. Mm. Which is the main selling point, that people are still willing to have me mail this giant freaking box. Yeah, the unique miniature is apparently rare enough that... It's, it's exclusive. Yeah. I mean, that is the place you can get it. So it's either, like, buy a resold one or... Pay for the shipping on that giant box. Wouldn't, wouldn't it suck if the thing about the, the miniature that was actually interesting was that it had a, a unique sword that people wanted to use on other miniatures? So I was like, <laughs> yeah, show me this thing to cut the sword uh, off. <laughs> in fact, it is a goblin sitting on a... I don't know if he's an orc or just a really big goblin sitting mm-hmm. on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so it is an interesting miniature. And, I'm, you know, the art book's probably amazing if you like Warhammer Fantasy-style art, which I do not... But it definitely has a style. So, you know, that's, it's probably a real nice thing. If you, like, if you thought you'd probably like the collector's edition of the game, you probably would. Also, they shut down their MMO the right way, which is they said, hey, guys, uh, here's the code to run a private server if you want. Go for yeah. it. You, you can do that. It's fine. Yeah. They, they, so, yeah. And, and like, they overpromised. They really, really overpromised. Oh, hell yeah. But overpromising and being slightly disappointing is almost perfect to the spirit of the Warhammer world. <laughs> And, and, I, and I almost mean nice. that, like, as an actual positive note, not as a burn. Like, and are, now it's turned into a homebrew uh, yeah. hack fest. I really which hope is perfect. I, I haven't, I haven't seen anything of it because the thing is, the Warhammer community wasn't as large as it thought. Uh, Warhammer's <laughs> stable average was three hundred thousand players, which don't mirror. That's that's quite healthy. I mean, if I had three hundred thousand consumers, I could probably do a lot of stuff. I couldn't. Yeah, but worldwide, that's not a big number. Yeah, and that's a seventy-seven percent decrease um, over time. So yeah, it was it was really sad. But when they went out despite the fact that they were looking at it and go, we only have, you know, 13% of our user base left, they did say that's still enough people to treat them with some damn respect. So, you know, you could learn from that and see soft. Anyway, so um, next up, we have a game that is so non-existent a game that when you click a link to take you to it, it takes you to the film instead. And the film page <laughs> doesn't mention the game <laughs> at all. I don't think you'll know the movie either. Do you, do you have a platform for this? I don't have a platform for this. <laughs> it doesn't tell me what platform the game was on. So it's a it, 2008 movie. Are you sure the game exists? Live action movie? Uh, no, it's an animated movie for kids, which features the voices of John Cusack, Molly Shannon, Steve Buscemi, Sean Hayes, Jennifer Coolidge, Arsenio Hall, oh, Eddie oh. Izzard, Jay Leno, Christian Slater, and John Cleese. Fuck. And it received an Annie Award nomination for character design and an animated feature. It was a French-American computer animated fantasy comedy film about Igor. Okay. The stock character, Igor. Is it just called Igor? It's just called Igor. Yeah, it's right. just called Igor. Yep. And to be fair, this movie did turn a profit. It made $30 million out of $25 million, which is, you know, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's one, okay. number is big, one number is bigger than the other one. We win. Not a loss. Not a loss. Not a loss. Which really, when it comes to filmmaking, especially animated filmmaking, that is legitimately a good thing. <laughs> but the, it's not re- I mean, but, come on. With that voice acting cast. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where the budget went. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I am sorry to say I know nothing about the, the Igor game, and apparently neither does Wikipedia. <laughs> Alright, next up we have a horrible quiz game you play on your television where you are it's guided. <laughs> well, thanks for jumping in early, Fox, and ruining the game for Jeb. I didn't have a buzzer! <laughs> but yes, it's Buzz. Buzz Master Quiz! I'd like, okay, so this, is this actually an Australian game? Or have they localized that fucking host? I. Uh, he is definitely not Australian. Yeah, he's. he's yeah. Okay. Uh, so that that's just a special fucking treat that they put in there for us. Oh, yeah, words cannot express that, my joy. Buzz is not that bad in North America. It's just for us. Yeah, they made him just especially you. obnoxious just for you. Just for you. And slightly creepy. <laughs> So it's just, oh, it's, oh, it's like, okay, you know, the kind of video game host who speaks and like all the jokes land and all the timing and everything is exactly like there's a laugh track going on and there's no laugh track. <laughs> That's what the buzz announcer is like in the Australian version. I, my, so my, like, like the, like the announcer from the demo Jack. My experience with this game was playing it with my family and having my dad look over at me with a grin on his face, expecting me to laugh at every joke that landed with an almighty thud. Oh, <laughs> it was not good. Oh, it was not good. Does he make fun of how you're playing in, in the yeah. other versions? 
I bet he does. Uh, uh, I was drinking too much to really notice. <laughs> right. The, oh, ah, the, the reason that this game has endured is now clear to me. <laughs> Everyone else was playing it drunk. Whiskey. <laughs> this is just one of those games which is dangerous to teetotalers. All right. Next up, we have a game where when you click the link on its release schedule, it takes you to a page of list of video games. It's like they had a dado mate with a candle. <laughs> joke is too niche. The, uh, unless the listener is angry. <laughs> hey, no joke audience. is too niche. No joke is too niche. I, I suspect that if the listener is Angus, he would get that, but otherwise... <laughs> well, then it's in there the just listener. for you. Don't name the listener. <laughs> well, I don't think it is Angus. The listener is an ethereal concept. Anyway, so we have a game, and I love I love the names of these in, J- in Japan, all right? Uh, but I can't, I can't share it, because obviously... Um, but this game has a name in English, French, and Japanese. It's part of a series. Probably has names in other languages, too. Probably. That's true. That's true. But it's official. Like, if you buy an English language cover, it has the, the French cover name on it on the front as well. Oh. Well, yes. that's all of them in this Canada, country. Yeah, good yeah point. not in here. It isn't. <laughs> no, this, that, is, this would be very unusual for us. That's not normal. Uh, it was developed by Alpha Dream, released by uh, in America by Natsume, and by 505 Games in the PAL regions. Oh. Um, this oh, is for 505. This is 505. Hmm? 505 is the company that published Virginia. Wow. Um, this game is, look, honest to God, the, this is a kids TV show's tie-in game, and the kids TV show is honestly surprisingly okay. It's a Japanese kids TV show. It's been Wait, dubbed. This is Inazuma? Nope, not Inazuma. Okay. Younger. Younger. Younger than Inazuma. Like a younger, aimed at a younger audience. Yeah. I- uh, you are playing a giant cast of characters who are all directly related animals. Oh, uh, it's a Sanrio game. Nope. No? Not a Sanrio game. Ah. No, this is, uh, I'm going to try this. Totoko Hamutara Hai Hamuzan Shazai no Hamuhami Challenge Atsumare Hai. That's its full name. wasn't too bad, actually. Yep. Which is translated as Totoko Hamtaro OK, the Ham Chan's Ham Ham Challenge. Let's get out together today, OK. OK. Also known as Hi Hamtaro Ham Ham Challenge and Jui Avec Le Ham Hams. Oh, that's nice. the motif from the theme song. So it's like the French. I like that the French one is just Game of Ham Game of Ham Hams. Awesome. <laughs> We've got to get to the, the French here. translator just looked at it and said, no, no, <laughs> Fuck fucking that. hamster game. There. Hang on, hang on. Didn't it start with like a greeting like the other one? No, no, no. It's just joy avec le ham ham. And last check, joy oh, is yeah. game. Okay. I'm assuming you're just mispronouncing je, uh, je. Yeah, I am. My French is uh, not good. Can you pick the accent up around? J J E A U X J O U E. Oh, Joe. Exciting French language lessons here. Yeah, on that's, the really that's, that's, uh, that's like we or something. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good on French. With ham, something with ham. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, it is one of the ten Hamtaro games. Yeah, that shit has gone on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Which included came out a- this month. <laughs> that was one of those weird anime phenomenon that I never got on board with because everyone was, you know, talking about the Hamsterdam song and everything. And it, the first time I heard it, I was like, fucking song from Robin Hood. What is wrong with people? How do you not know that song? By the way, the the, the paragraph on Little Hamster's Big Adventure, which is what this is currently flagged as, uh, <laughs> is the name, the translation of the name, known as the other name, <coughs> made by, released by, with the sequel. It is a sequel to these three games with their full names. It is a game where you solve puzzles that is based on the anime series Hamtaro. <laughs> That's all they had to say about it. The game of very long intro boxes. <laughs> the game, it's the game, it's the game of hamsters. It's the game of fucking hamsters. Fucking, I fucked that up. Not intro boxes, info box, info box. The thing on Wikipedia that has all those details yeah, the, in the, it. Yeah, the, the Wikipedia thing. Yeah, just got to be going down that page like. All right, we have a re-release in Australia and Europe of no, no, just just in Europe. Weird of a game about a person who is shaped like a friend. Oh, it's a Kirby. It's, it's a Kirby. Kirby. It's the yeah. remake. Of Kirby Superstar Supreme. Oh, right. Oh, that's a, it's a Kirby game. <laughs> yeah. Kirby. 
It's a Kirby game. Odds are good. It's really fucking good. I think that one is a bunch of mini games, if I recall correctly. Uh, uh, you actually had a copy of this. You said it was Superstar. Uh, yes, a remake of the game. So that's a remake of the first game, game, and then it's like the remake of the very first game. Yeah, and then uh, some mini games. Yeah, and some DS exclusive mini games. Right. Yeah. I, I love this. I love this. This is Kirby. We know Kirby is a soft, squidgy, adorable pinkness. Right. The games are titled Sub Games, Snack Tracks, Kirby Swipe, Kirby on the Draw. <laughs> and then they are True Arena, Helper to Hero, where you have to help the helper characters fight a new character, Wham Bam Jewel, <laughs> Meta Nightmare Ultra, and Revenge of the King. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Revenge of the King sees Kirby facing off against King Dedede's new form, Mask Dedede. <laughs> God damn it. I hope that's literally just him with a mask thinking he's all dreamy now. <laughs> a mask that looks like him. Are you telling me that King... Yes. Are you telling me a mask King- of his own face. Are you telling me King Dedede isn't dreamy? Anyway... <laughs> We have a Ardman Animations Studio tie-in game. He's a penguin in a beanie. No, he's not. Well, there is not also in this. I mean, King Diddy is a penguin in a beanie. You show me whether or not that's dreamy. But now we're moving on. Ardman Animations game. What was that? There jam? is a Wallace and Gromit game. It's not Wallace and Gromit. Is it 2008? Is it a flushed away Shaun game? No, it's not. Uh, it's Shaun the Sheep. Ah. It is indeed Shaun the Sheep. I, there's there's very little about this as an actual game, but there is a two paragraph description of the plot. <laughs> uh, Sean the sheep gets in trouble and then gets out of trouble. Have you worked it out? Five micro games offer players more interactivity oh, and no. depth by showcasing memorable moments from the show, such as saving Timmy from the circus high wire or making a bowl of will to distract Pidsley the cat. Ah, Sean on the draw and Revenge of the King. <laughs> All right, I know nothing about this game, so this is going to be fun. All right, this is a Konami public. Published game by a developer called Tenki. It's it calls itself Search for the Stolen Past uh, as a subtitle. It's a Japanese style adventure video game, which I think is their way of saying it's a visual novel, but there's no fucking. <laughs> Well, that kind of adventure game? I thought, like, I hear that and I think, like, Alex Kidd without platforming. It was written by Junko Kawano, who you might know as the author of Shadow of Memories. Of what? Shadow of Memories is a game which I suspect Jeb did not respond well to. Uh, Jeb's played this because I was like, I remember that. It had a hot guy. And Jeb was like, it's garbage. Oh, fire. <laughs> This is that like the, fucking thing. It was yeah. called something um, else in yeah, the Shadow uh, of Destiny Shadow elsewhere. Destiny here. Yeah. 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 Jesus uh, Christ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this guy got a second guy. Pan up your shirt so you don't get stabbed. Yes, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> this is a this is a this is a game by the same developer in which the player controls protagonist Ethan Kairos as he attempts to find his missing parents. <laughs> Using a hollow pen, he is able to open circular portals to the past after he's experienced a sure. flashback of a certain location. By opening portals into different areas, he's able to recover or place items and people as well as observe the past. Do you think this guy's got one mechanic in mind? Uh, <laughs> although time stops while a portal is open, certain characters are able to interact with Ethan. The player must draw these portals with the stylus, and then once the portal is closed, a certain amount of time is lost, equivalent to HP. Potions of time, equivalent to one portal called Krons, can be recovered by finding Ethan's cat in the game world. <laughs> sure. The game is supplemented by animated cutscenes showing important events and flashbacks. Backgrounds are static and layered to provide a 3D perspective effect when they are moved from side to side. I have to recommend this. So this lovely. I have to recommend this visual novel book club. Yeah, this sounds like it's actually going to be really interesting. Yeah. Like, even if it's a failure, I think this is going to be a really interesting sounding failure. Like, assuming that's well executed, all of those elements sound really good. Uh, I will note that the cat's name in uh, Japan is Follow. In <laughs> English language versions, it's Socks. It's <laughs> a celebrity name for a cat. Also, the surnames of this are wonderful. You Fucking have, dumb names. You have Timothy, Pamela, and Derek Kairos. You have Irving, Mary... Uh, Onigan, you have Jack Twombly. You, speaking of you know the uh, the the archaic uh, names for yeah. for American characters in Japanese media. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. <laughs> Fucking Pamela Kairos, what the hell? Twombly, Jack Twombly, Jack Twombly. <laughs> Jack is fairly contemporary. Sarah Tennyson. Benjamin Fourier. Ashley Threat. <laughs> Threat probably is someone's real name, and I apologize if any of the listeners 
is a threat. I apologize. I'm not apologizing for laughing. I'm apologizing because your name is Threat. <laughs> I also apologize for Twombly. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it received mixed reviews according to video game review aggregator Metacritic. It was praised for its great concept and vivid artwork, and that's always a bad sign <laughs> to start a sentence with, wasn't it? Yeah. The th- but the gameplay was. Overly simple and restrictively linear, with very little for you to figure out for yourself. Um, and wait, only a the handful game of about characters. time travel and the fucking finding a cat that has potions of time <laughs> is linear. Apparently so. Time travel games linear. Who knew? <laughs> and it also complained that only a handful of characters are interesting enough to read about. Uh, Famitsu gave it four eights, so an eight in graphics, eight in sound. Design. Oh, right. I was going to say they, they just have eights instead of stars. Is that how this works? Yeah, the game is called Time Hollow. I don't think Time that, Hollow. Yeah, and it's really like the cover art. Yeah. I looked at it and went like, "This is a really good looking game." Like, if the game lives up to that standard, it's probably the kind of game that is going to be someone's underappreciated gem. Yeah. Like, that sounds like it has a lot for someone who doesn't mind the things that the things that the Metascore minds, as it were. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a game about mysteries and solving of them. The game is set in New York City. The player is a rookie detective from the Homicide Division. There are eight cases in the game and one larger case divided into sections. In this case, a model named Betsy Blake goes missing. She's the sister of the player's partner, Marcy Blake. The DS offers a variety of things to the touchscreen. Memos, evidence, profiles of suspects, and movements are done through the touchscreen. This game, when you click on its name to look it up on Wikipedia, it immediately says, Do you mean the category? (laughs) Oh. This game is named after something common enough that it's a category. Oh, not a franchise common enough. No, not a, a franchise. Just, no, no, no. Oh, no. This okay. did not go anywhere. Uh, it's, it's called something really generic then, like it's called yes. Homicide or something. No, but you're close about the level of genericness. It, <laughs> I, I suspect this game started out as a tie-in to an old TV show and then couldn't get the branding. Detective? Uh, <laughs> it's called Unsolved Crimes. Oh, right. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and the Wikipedia page opens with, for crimes that have not yet been solved, see Unsolved Crimes. <laughs> Man, that is, that's really just kind of a kick in the dick at any time where your Wikipedia page opens with, did you mean? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it, it, got a, it didn't get a particularly high rating. Um, IGN referred to it as a solid adventure with unfortunate blemish, blemishes. <laughs> uh, which is like, that's, that's again, not, not, a, not a summary you really want to have. Oh, right. I wish that was the time travel one. Because if you had a time travel game and it's called Unsolved Mysteries, then you're just like, well, shit, I guess we're not going to get anywhere here. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is gone from a pitch into a promise at this stage. Well, you see, the time travel one, if the, if the time travel one's called Unsolved Mysteries or, no, sorry, Unsolved uh, uh, something. Unsolved uh, Sorry, yeah, Unsolved uh, Crimes. It's even unsolved less interesting. Because it wanted to be, I think it wanted to be an Unsolved Mysteries game. No, Unsolved Mysteries was about crime. Is there already a franchise for that? Yeah. It's, 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 unsolved uh, Mysteries is like an alien abduction show. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, let's let, let's go into the, the uh, you know, now, now we've gotten past the stuff you're never going to get. <laughs> this is the most overrated game, I think, of the 2000s period. No, 2000 to 2010. Mm-hmm. I think this is the game that had the most critical reception, the most attention, the biggest media blitz. And after it was out, everyone was just like, eh, it's fine, I guess. Oh, it was Univer... Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to say it was like the GTA for that generation or whatever. No, 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 no. This yeah, is more... Yeah, giant- something which everyone in retrospect agreed had been overrated. 2008 Developed. Oh, I can't give that away. That'll tell Jeb what it is straight away. It had a, it had a genius developer behind it who was giving you all oh. ways to see his vision and everyone would be experiencing it in their own different, unique way and what they brought to things would be amazing. Is it a fable? No, it's not a fable. Not a fable. It's not a Pete Molyneux game. Is it Braid? No, it's not Braid. It's a bigger budget than Braid. So now, oh. on, it's, it's not a Molyneux game Bioshock? Oh. No, not Bioshock either. Uh, Bioshock still stands up fairly decently. Well, and yeah, he doesn't usually overhype stuff in advance. And he usually point. waffles about it pointlessly in retrospect. No, no, no. This was developed. This, hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy who's not Molyneux. <laughs> it was uh, developed by Maxis Software. You're so close, Jeb. It's Spore. It's not Spore. Molyneux. Spore was by Will Wright. Spore was all right. Spore was all right. Yeah, but it wasn't what everyone wanted Spore, it to be. Spore didn't deserve perfect tens. You gave Spore. Spore was fine. Ah. Spore was a fine way to develop space dicks. 
Sure, but who who gave that a perfect ten? Quite a few places, and then revised it down afterwards. Oh, <laughs> did you just not play the game? Well, the part of the problem with reviewing any game like Spore is that Spore was promising it'll be like 200 hours odd of interactive emergent entertainment, and you're getting to play it before there are any other players to play it with. So I can understand the challenge there. Yeah, it's Spore's multiplayer? No, it's just about making your own horrible no, abominations and letting them drift uh, across it's the a, galaxy. It's a thing, like you're... All everyone's creations go into a pool, and they they pull them into your universe. Uh-huh. Okay, so guys, I I've got it. I I have the project to end all projects. It's no man's spore. <laughs> Next up, we have a game that should have gotten more hype than it did. At least if Jeb is, uh, at least if my predictor of Jeb is going to be anything correct. <laughs> uh, this is a this claims to be a a 2008 simulation video game in an existing series for the Xbox 360, developed by Rare. It builds atop its predecessor. A simulation? In which you, a simulation in which you tend a garden and oh, it's Viva Pinata. Oh, wait, it's a continuation, yeah. like an expansion pack. No, it's a it's a sequel game. Uh, it's oh, Trouble it's, in Paradise. Uh, yeah, Trouble in Paradise. Yes, yeah. it's a Viva Pinata game. It's great. Oh. Everyone should play them all the time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, um, intend- it's, it's Microsoft's answer to, to like the Pokemon-esque genre, except there's no fighting. It's just growing a genre, uh, a garden and attracting cute pinatas and then making them fuck. And occasionally a deeply anarchic sense of humor, by it's the way. It's not on anything that's not Xboxy, is it? Exactly. Uh, the, I believe the original, the, the original Viva Pinata is on PC. Uh, and there's a DS Viva Pinata. But I want this oh. one. Mm. Alas, this one is an Xbox 360 and Xbox Live Arcade. Ooh! All right. Now, um, this is, mm-hmm. I don't know if Trouble in Paradise is, but uh, the first Viva Pinata game is perfectly fine. You can still you can still have like pirate hat wearing ducks. <laughs> well, sure, sure. I'm not saying that's not good. I just I I, I want a garden full of critters. Now that you've shown me this, I well, they're, I can't be distracted very, by mere ducks in hats. We had that like the, six games ago with King Diddy. They're very much the same. Like they're they're very similar games. So, <laughs> all right, the original yeah. Viva Pinata will do you fine. Also. Uh, Xbox 360 probably doesn't cost much at this point. That's probably true. Like you can get them at Aldi. I can send you if you if you did that if you if you wanted picking up a copy of Beyond Trouble of Paradise, I could send you gifts. <laughs> we'll do a cultural exchange. We'll send you a Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I opened up this. I opened up a whole bunch of links when I started this, and at first I thought I must have misclinked when I got this. <laughs> then I went back and reopened the link, and it turned out that no, actually this is exactly where the thing goes. There was a game that came out of this period called Hell's Kitchen. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, is it, it was... at all related to Gordon Ramsay? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Because not only not only is there not that game anymore on this thing, it takes me to <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> Manhattan. It takes me to the New York suburbs. The Hell's Kitchen video game is is, uh, is, a, is a shitty like uh, uh, Diner Dash clone where... You get yelled at by Gordon Ramsay? Where you get yelled at in by... Gordon Ramsay, written by someone who doesn't know how to rate Gordon Ramsay. Superb. Wonderful. Because what I want is games that actively make fun of me. But they also do it in a bad way. Not only does Hell's Kitchen take you to Hell's Kitchen Manhattan, the Hell's Kitchen disambiguation page doesn't take you to <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, the video game. <laughs> I it is, it is a lost link. It is Look, a, we would just rather you not know about this, all right? Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing for everyone all involved. All right. <laughs> so, last four. Last four, we have a game that's a... Well, it's a Pokemon game, so you know which one it was. Uh, Stadium 5, The Revenge. <laughs> it's Platinum. Yeah, that's what I said. Ah, right. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's what I was having trouble with. I wasn't yeah. sure, because it didn't seem to match up with the generation exactly. Yeah, it, it's the Platinum version. That'd be it. Yep. Uh, next up... Stadium 5... Now, they really only got up to four. And they did two stadiums and two coliseums. But I, I don't think there's a fifth. The equivalent of a fifth one. Yep. We have oh, a... Sorry, Jeb. Uh, that's four. That's Colosseum oh, 2. Okay. All right. Next up, we have a Konami game that was taken away from Japanese developers and handed to some American developers. <laughs> this is a different yeah. set of American developers who made the other game in this franchise Silent, in America. Silent, it's a Silent Hill game. Shattered Memories. It's not Shattered Memories. It's Origins. It's Homecoming. It's homecoming. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I, just to, I just had to go through the fucking list. Yeah, and the problem is that list 
It's really frustrating because you put them in bubbles and like you say, if this game was not a Silent Hill game, like if it didn't have the association with Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 1, is this okay? And a lot of them, they're fine. They're fine. They're not good. They're just fine. I and think then Shattered get... Memories. I think Shattered yeah. Memories is a better game than Silent Hill 1. Yeah. There, I said it. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to fight, fight you. Me. I, I thought, fight I thought, me. Hot gem takes. I thought that the room was really good, <laughs> uh, but I didn't see why the fuck it needed to be a Silent Hill game. And then I learned that apparently in development, it wasn't. Anyway, yeah, Silent Hill Homecoming, where you play a character named Alex Shepard, which symbolism, just, yeah, just, just, <laughs> yeah, uh, going to the hometown of Shepard's Glen, because, subtle, subtle imagery here. This character belongs here, you say? Yeah, it's Homecoming. I'm kind of amazed they did not give the character the first name Glen. <laughs> Glen Shepard in Shepard's Glen. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got to be obvious about it? <laughs> Now the thing about this, now the most notable thing about this game is that its Wikipedia page includes a bunch of suppositions about themes and ideas in the game. And normally, you know, citation needed. We need things to cite that. <laughs> and so what you'd normally do is you'd link to, say, a critical analysis someone had done. Sure. Not the brave Wikipedia soldiers on this page who have instead quoted sections of the game text in the footers. Of this game. You can go through and read three pages of quotes which aren't formatted properly. Oh. Just explaining Shepherd's Glen and whatnot. So you can get most of the plot file (laughs) coming from just reading the fucking footnotes. Like, you know, shine on Shine on you Wikipedians. That's amazing. All right. Now there's nothing wrong with, with, with first person with first order sources no i don't think there is it's just oh those are ideal aren't they well yeah (laughs) it's just a little awkward they they are doing this better than anybody else (laughs) really this is how wikipedia should be all right next up and this is our second last game we have a franchise that we just love to make fun of and this one's a role-playing game developed by bioware (laughs) dark brotherhood or whatever the fuck it's called yes sonic chronicles dark brotherhood or (laughs) or in japan soniku kuronikuru yami jigen kara no shinryaku kasha So glad that Bioware has made a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG. I love it. Still kind of amazing. We have a copy. I've never played it. I need to play it. I don't own it. I've never seen a copy of it. I need to play it. It's my destiny. And the screenshots. I well, I I got one. Play it is my destiny. I will have to play this game at some point. Also, best of all, just 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 to add to all this, just perfectly. Archie Comics have made an adaptation of the game. Well, that's what they do. Which features yeah. the kidnapping of Knuckles. No, no. not my boy. Not my all boy right. Knuckles. Wait, <laughs> freak himself. All right, all right. Now we have... I, I'd love to see how they fit that into the ongoing mess that is the Archie Knuckles <laughs> continuity. And what does Ken Penders think of this? <laughs> well, we've got him here today. No. Ken Penders probably thinks that they're not respecting his continuity. Ken, Ken Penders probably doesn't want to talk to us not really anyway not anymore not anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh so remember that time that ken Penders almost talked to us ken Penders probably actually thinks they straight up pinched it from him because there's a lot going on that so you know has echoes of the (laughs) stupid knuckles comic stuff all right so now we have final one this is a tie into a movie that was developed by a pair of women uh it's a very it's a contentious movie by the it's pair. It's a Matrix game? It's the Matrix? It's not the Matrix. Aww. But it, you have the right directors. <laughs> uh, what else have they made lately? The Wachowski sisters did something else? Yes, they did. Uh, they made, well, they made Jupiter Ascending, but that was much more recent. And they also <laughs> did the remake of Speed Racer. That was them? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I have nothing Go to say about racer. that because that that remake might have been fucking amazing. I was not there. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, yeah. Um, they get the a- they get the actors from from Speed Racer the movie to come and do the voice acting in this game. Is actors in inverted commas in all of those uses? Uh, the actors uh, include Emily Hirsch, Christina Ritchie, John Goodman, Susan Sarandon, Matthew Fox. <laughs> so at this point, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speed Racer lost. 
Um, and, and amongst other, amongst this, um, please tell me, please tell me, John Goodman was playing Speed. Give me this, please. <laughs> no, but they actually got Japanese talent and Korean talent to come in, like uh, Hiroyuki Sonata and a Korean performer by the name of Rain. And okay, holy shit, Richard Roundtree. Now that's okay. a name that's not going to land yeah, for you, Fox. Damn. The wrestler Shaft. Uh, Shaft. Oh, he was the original, original Shaft. Okay. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, and he's in the Speed Racer film, and he's in the Speed Racer <laughs> game. Now, look, it's very easy to make fun of this game. I am sure it's not that great, but just listen to this. <laughs> Probably just the terrible racing game. There are a total of twenty selectable characters from the film in the game, each with their own unique vehicle. Each character. How many is each character has a specific rival whom, should the player destroy or finish the race before, award bonus points. For example, Speed Racer's rival is Jack Cannonball Taylor. <laughs> In certain gameplay modes, players can enter alliances with other racers who will attempt to interfere with their player's rival. Performing Carfu on allies penalizes <laughs> the player, however. Oh, no. That's just dropped <laughs> in there. <laughs> That sounds amazing. That's the first appearance of Carfu. <laughs> I was gonna make oh, like what a what the fuck. <laughs> I was gonna make like a wacky racist joke, but this is so much more interesting. Yeah. Well, I gotta play this now. Well, you can't, Jeb, because it's, it's on, on the Wii. Wii. Actually, that's a lie. It it's also actually, on the PlayStation Two. Doesn't actually fucking exist. <laughs> but it fucking. The DVD release of the game uh, of the movie came with a copy of the game for the PlayStation Two. Oh, that's awesome! Oh my god! All right, well, Jeb, you have a mission. Does the PlayStation? Do you have something you can play PlayStation Two discs? Because I think we've got PlayStation Two. Sure, excellent, excellent. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out if this game is garbage or not. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the downloadable concept podcast for this week slash fortnight slash month. Maybe don't hold us to it. That was for a length of time. (laughs) That was Jasmine. Take three. Take three. Come on. Yeah, take three. What? No, we're going live, guys. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep this in, right? Yeah, just, 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 just leave me again, boss. Come on, come on, come on. Leave me in. Leave me in. I got this. I got this. That was Fox. Nailed it. Just fucking nailed it. And now we've killed Fox. That's talent. Oh my god, are you okay? It's alright, it's alright. I just got asthma. Okay. Uh, well, hopefully we'll be we back will, soon. We'll, yeah, hopefully we'll be back.